0: You with us on this autumnal evening. Hopefully, everybody is getting settled back into their fall schedules. It's amazing how fast the summer goes by, just slips right uh, beyond our grasp so quickly. Great to, great to talk to you tonight. We're talking about beating cancer naturally. Done cancer shows over the past number of different times, and obviously, one of the most requested programs for obvious reasons. A lot of people worried about it, a lot of people confronted by the problem of cancer. And many people are we're talking about a million, nearly a million people a year dying from cancer. It's the second leading cause of death next to heart disease. Nearly a million people a year. And the disturbing part of it is the way that the conversation is at the medical level. So many people are, of course, being told so many different things about what the proper solutions are, what the proper thought process is dealing with cancer. And, and, and I'm here to bring a different approach, a different concept, a different in- bit of information regarding how to deal with cancer. I always think in terms of um, so many of the patients that I work with during the course of the average week who have been embattled by cancer, so many of them are struggling in so many different ways. One of the more confusing ways is the information that they're getting from their medical folks. So many of them are told with chemotherapy, of course, ravaging their bodies and breaking them down and weakening them and they're losing weight with cancer, et cetera, This classic how much weight is lost with cancer. Some of them are told to go to places like Dairy Queen and order milkshakes and ice cream and try to keep their weight up. And then you've got a person like Dr. Otto Warburg, two-time Nobel Prize winner, who told us, in quote, the primary cause of cancer is the fermentation of sugar. Now, which, which way is it? You can't have your oncologist telling you to eat ice cream sandwiches to try to gain weight. And here from a Nobel Prize winner, 40 years of cancer research that says the primary cause of cancer is the fermentation of sugar. Which way is it? I think the most important aspect of that, a tidbit of information from Dr. Warburg, tunes us into the real key about fighting cancer. The most important way to think about fighting cancer is to change your chemistry to create an environment that cancer can't live in, starve it, create an environment that that makes it miserable, create an environment biochemically that it can't live in. There's a lot of ways to do that. One of the most important ways is to take the advice of Dr. Warbury when he says the primary cause of cancer is the fermentation of sugar. The two things you want to avoid, number one, number two, fermented foods and sugars. Fermented foods include things like vinegar, miso, tempeh, tamari soy sauce, marinades, beer, wine, champagne, yeasted breads. These are highly fermented foods. Most nuts and seeds, that's the problem I have with most nuts and seeds as well. People wonder why I don't like nuts and seeds. They're fungal foods. It produce fermentation in the body. Back in the 80s, there were so many different people. Dr. Shirley Lorenzi, Dr. William Krug wrote great books on candida bacteria. seems like in the mid-80s, that was all the rage. People were talking quite extensively about the candida problem, PCC, polysystemic chronic candidiasis, which is actually one of the precursors of many different cancer issues because we're talking about fermentation, which is the precursor, again, according to Dr. Otto Warburg, two-time Nobel Prize winner. So it's really important to keep in mind that fermentation is is super important to keep at bay during your fight with cancer. So many of those books made it clear that nuts, seeds, marinades, vinegar, miso, tempeh, tamari soy sauce, shoyu, teriyaki sauce, so many of these foods are fermented. Of course, sugar ferments when it gets into the body anyway, so sugar as well. So the fermentation of sugar is kind of synonymous with the cancer issues, Mm -hmm. And not just because of Dr. Warburg, because so many different people have studied the issue beyond Warburg's work. Like I said, many, many authors, many medical authors during the mid-80s talked extensively about the PCC issue, polysystemic chronic candidates. So it's extremely important to get the picture here. That, number one, you want to avoid sugar. Number two, you want to avoid fermented foods. Again, you're trying to create an environment that is homeostatically positive for your chemistry and not so positive for, for cancer. We want to make sure that we get the picture that to do battle with cancer means to strengthen your environment and to weaken it extremely important to think in terms of weakening cancer's environment we, we, weakening cancer as the true environment and the environment in this case is biochemistry there's also, also a very important component to that they've done extensive work in the area of mycosinoids. not much research has come about in the last five or ten years, regarding icosanoids. What are icosanoids? Icosanoids are inflammatory hormones. They're not hormones like gender hormones. They're not like estrogen, progesterone. They're very different. They're inflammatory and anti-inflammatory. There's good, there's good icosanoid hormones. There's bad. Obviously, the bad ones are very problematic when it comes to things like cancer and inflammation, achy joints, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, etc. But cancer is an inflammatory disease. Most people don't even know that. Indeed, it's true, cancer is an inflammatory condition. Extremely important to know that cancer is inflammatory and it can be fought at the anti inflammatory level. There's been a lot of there's been a great deal of research around the world in recent years indicating that. By inhibiting COX2 hormones, cancer cells stop growing. I'll say that again. By inhibiting inhibiting, stopping, shutting down, antagonizing, coming up against. Tox 2 hormones. Cancer cells stop growing. That's a fact. That's a scientific fact. So the key here is those elements that actually feed cancer cells, things like fermentation, things like sugar, which of course plays into the pH factor as well. Things like icosinide hormones. We talk about. Let's talk about those for a minute. Icosinide hormones, things like leukotriene B4s, hydroxylated fatty acids, lipoxin, the ronboxane, these are all different inflammatory hormones, and increase the presence of cancer, and increase the strength and vitality of cancer, and Increase the replication of cancer. The key is cancer is an obligate anaerobe. Cancer is an obligate anaerobe. That means it's obligated to make sure that the environment that it lives in is not rich in oxygen. There's a rich oxygenic environment, cancer is out of out of business. It's so important to realize that we need to create an environment that is highly oxygenated. That comes back on to pH. PH the thing that people don't comprehend about pH is it determines oxygenation factor. So whether your body's acid or alkaline determines how, how oxygenated your cells are. The more oxygenated your chemistry, the more oxygenated your healthy cells. The more of a problem it is for cancer to proliferate. That's extremely important. So how do we do that? pH stands for potential hydrogen. The key is to elevate your hydrogen. You increase plenty of water drinking. At least drink 50, 60 ounces of pure water a day to increase your hydrogen. That's H2O. That is hydrogen. Water is hydrogen. Number two, limit the amount of acidic foods that you're consuming. Acid foods can be in and of themselves, the worst possible problem for, for your immune system when you're fighting cancer. Like that's why I get so upset, among other reasons why when doctors and oncologists tell their patients they're losing weight, cancer, and chemotherapy, eat ice cream, eat frozen sundaes, etc., etc. Those foods are extremely acidic. They're high in sugar. They're high in fermentation production in the body, all the wrong things. But they're just simply not on board with what you and I are now discussing, it's completely off the, off the table, totally off the table. So it's important to understand that this is a whole different way of looking at things. It's not pharmaceutically strapped. We're talking about a way that the patient can become empowered. The patient can actually change their chemistry and create improvement in their immune system and so to give cancers as much trouble as they can possibly give it. The way you maintain your pH or potential hydrogen As we said a moment ago. First, you got to drink plenty of water. Number two, make sure that you don't eat a lot of acidic foods like we just talked about. Junk foods. All junk foods are acid-bearing foods. You mm-hmm. want to eat more alkaline foods or more vegetables, low-sugar fruits, which we'll talk about in a little while. Increase your vegetable consumption. Increase your water consumption. And deal with your stress. Stress is a very acidic proposition. Stress produces acidity fight-or-flight hormones increasing the acidosis of your chemistry in your cells. Think about this. She talked about the most important part of cancer being thought, biochemical level. Most important way to think of that, oxygen, which existed a little while ago. Cancer is an obligate anaerobe, that means it's obligated not to be in an environment that's oxygen-rich. That's super important. That's super important. Every tenth of a point of pH, think of this. Every tenth of a point of your pH, every tenth of a point is equal to sixty-four point nine percent oxygen differential. So if you pee on those little urinary strips and your pH is in the five oh range, five two, five one, five three, that means you're like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred percent oxygen deprived at a cell level. That's what cancer is all about. Cancer loves that environment. That's a that's a user-friendly environment. We need to make you less than that. We need to make you a very Dangerous environment for cancer to try to prosper in. The best way to do that is get your pH up around 6.4, 6.5, 6.6, 6.8. The perfect range is 6.4 to 6.8. Total range is 5.0 to 8.0. So the entire pH factor at the urinary level starts at 5 and ends at 8. The most important thing is you want to be in the mid-range, 6.4 to 6.8. You're not going to do that with junk food. You're not going to do that by starving yourself from water. We were talking tonight about beating cancer naturally. My name is Mark nuncoli and of the One and Only Natural Health Show on Blog Talk Radio. Take a short little break. You're right back. Stay tuned. Break's not going on for me. We got another problem. Our breaks are not clicking in tonight, so we're going to have to work right through the advertisements. We're going to have to work right through the breaks. All the better for the listener. You don't have to listen to my commercials tonight. But I'll, I'll do a live commercial because one of my commercials is, of course, my lovely, my most recent book, The Natural Health Diet, which is an important book for everybody out there. The Natural Health Diet is a book that I work very, very hard on to refute the common knowledge about diets, which is this is highly distorted. There's so much of it that's distorted. There's so many people that need to be on healthy programs to, to lose weight, to be fit, to be well, to be healthy, to be in balance. So many people are, of course, distorted with information that are, that are being fed through the, the media. Media is, of course, distorted with all kinds of solicit facts, trying to, trying to hustle you, trying to make, make you more inclined to buy into their programs. Many of those programs are just so weak it's absolutely pathetic so I worked really hard at actually just bring into, into play the reality about diet, weight loss, metabolism, hormonal function, etc. We cover a lot of different facets of dieting in our book. One of the most important facets of course the mind body connection, emotions, stress etc it all plays in the, the natural health plan. So the whole health diet is actually a really important diet book and I urge you to check it out pick it up, take a look many of you have, I thank you for buying it I sincerely appreciate your support if you haven't looked at it yet, give it a shot important book There yeah, we did a live ad tonight let's talk back get back to talking about cancer and before that semi-break we were talking with you about the importance of eating cancer through pH because cancer is an obligate anaerobe. Cancer cannot stand environments that are highly oxygenated. Can't live there. I would say look at it like this. There's a book written by Dr. Tullio Simoncini from Rome, Italy. Brilliant book, absolutely brilliant book. Tullio T-U-L-I-O Simoncini, S-I-M-O-N-C-I-N-I. Tullio Simoncini, a brilliant and highly world respected oncologist from Rome. He wrote a book that was entitled "Cancer is a Fungus." The reason he wrote that book is because he biopsied 1,000 cancer tumors, 1,000 tumor sites, 1,000 tumor sites, every single one of them, every single one of those tumors in their core, and a white substance called fungus. At their core, by getting rid of the fungus, the cancer cells died. Dr. Simoncini's work was remarkable. What they did is they had patients come in with cancer. They put them on porticasts. Support. In other words, they're port-a-cats, baking soda, and water. So the 8.5 8. pH, highly alkaline, buffered water. So was buffered by high concentrations of baking soda. 8.5 is extremely alkaline, no question about it. They took patients up to porticats. They were shrinking tumors in three days. He was all excited about the research tried to bring it to the United States to show the doctors, the physicians, the head of the medical institutions here in the U.S. He was thrown pretty much summarily thrown out of the country. He didn't want to hear it. Of course, they didn't want to hear it. It's not part of the pharmaceutical protocol. Imagine having somebody that was actually discovering he could shrink tumors in three days. That's what he did. Exactly what happened. So Dr. Simontini teaches us a lesson about pH and about baking soda and water. Now, granted, they were using porticast directly targeted to tumor sites, feeding tumors with baking soda and water, shrinking them in three days. Remarkable. So, what we say is, well, we may not have the porticast to, to send you off with. It can actually help you correct your pH in a more oxygenating way. And that's the key. Again, cancer is an obligate anaerobic. It's obligated to live in a non oxygenic environment. It can't live elsewhere. It's like you living on the moon, you can't do it. That's the key. Create an environment that it cannot survive in, an environment that it can't prosper in, an environment that shuts its mechanisms down. So, one of the most important ways to do that is to alkalize yourself. Because as cancer is an obligate anaerobe, you can oxygenate your body at high levels. Again, every tenth of a point of your pH of your urine, 64.9%. Think about that. The difference you can be up to 900% oxygen-deprived or you can be oxygen-balanced. If your pH is low, you're in trouble. And this program is not just about beating cancer, naturally. It's about preventing it as well. So in order to prevent it, you have to stabilize that pH. Yeah. So just think about this. The cancer – you've probably heard this many times. People discuss this kind of thing all the time. I hear it all the time in public. Everybody has the potential for cancer. Everybody. Everybody. Cancer isn't this rogue thing that just strikes a few people. Everybody on this planet has the potential for cancer. One of the most potentiating things to expand on that potential is acidosis. So if you're from a family system where there's been cancer in the family, you know the genetic probability is there. You know what I always say about genes. On the day that you're conceived, on the day that you're conceived, you're setting up a genome, a human genomic map. It's a constellation of your genes. With everything possible on that map, the possibility for every kind of disaster imaginable, every, the possibility for all kinds of positives, negatives, they're all there. They're on that gene map. One of the most important things to realize is there are triggers. You can't change your genes, as I always say, but one-tenth of one percent of your 250 generations. You can't change genes except for one-tenth of one percent of your 250 generations. That's pretty hard to, pretty hard to manage but you can change the expression and the behavior of genes. You can change the way genes switch on and switch off. You can change whether good genes switch on, bad genes switch off, et cetera, et cetera. One of the key ways that that's been discovered to happen is in the world of inflammation. So inflammatory chemistries are playing to cancer's favor. Inflammatory chemistries are not just supporting aches and pains, not just supporting the, the increased probability for lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, et cetera, et cetera. They're also increasing the risk for cancer. Cancer is an obligate anaerobic, but it's also an inflammatory proposition as well. Again, the research has made it very clear. By inhibiting COX-2 hormones, by inhibiting inflammatory eicosanoids, inhibiting them, inhibiting them, inhibiting those same inflammatories that cause rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, inhibiting those hormones, those bad hormones, those inflammatory hormones, by inhibiting them, cancer cells stop growing. That's a that's a fact. You want to maintain healthy pH, of course. Stabilize your pH between 6.4 and 6.8 like you said repeatedly. Number two, I should say number one, avoid sugar and fermentation like you said. Number two, keep your pH balanced, 6.4 to 6.8, urinary style. Number three, limit the icosanoid factor. Keep your icosanoid low. Those are hormones, as we pointed out, they're not they're not very friendly. They, the negative icosanoids are cancer causers. The important thing is you keep your icosanoids to adult roar. So that's, that's preeminent in this whole mix. It goes through foods that actually increase your icosanoids, your bad icosanoids. Foods like red meat. We've always talked about most your nuts, peanuts in particular. We've also talked about egg yolks, not the whites, the yolks, dairy products, highly fermented foods, like you said, sugar products, white flour products, not just the the classic table sugars and desserts, cakes, pies, and cookies. We're not just talking about that. We're talking about white flour. We're talking about starch, not enough protein. Keep in mind, the sugar that you eat, the starch that you consume, the, the carb foods, those trigger insulin. They require insulin for transport. So every time you produce insulin, you produce an icosanoid that's negative, a cancer icosanoid, an inflammatory cancer icosanoid. So you got to be really careful about that. Keep your icosinoids positive, not negative. The way to do that, of course, is to increase what's called glucagon, which we talk about all the time. Want to keep your glucagon up and your insulin down. Gluca, Glu, and glucagon More protein, more low-starch vegetables. Increase your low-starch veggies. Increase your salads, baked, stained, even sauteed vegetables. Those have your alkaline support. Those have your oxygenation support. Stay away from the processed foods in general. Alcoholic beverages. If you're going to drink alcohol, I would say go for vodka, soda, wine, beer, wine, champagne, fermented. Fermentation increases your risk for bad icosanoids, COX-2 hormones, cancer growth. You want to keep your your alcoholic beverages non-fermented. Instead, opt for distilled, distilled alcohol. Make sure it's potato vodka. Fairly, fairly clean stuff. Belvedere, Triple Eight, Chopin, those are fairly clean with soda in mind. Don't overdo them. I say two drinks two days a week. Don't go beyond that. That's a tall order for a lot of people. A lot of people are used to, especially in the summer months, banging down the alcohol, especially fermenting a lot of, lot of wine drinkers. is extremely fermented, don't forget that. Also, we talked about water. The kind of water is an important issue here, too. There's waters that actually have high TDSs, total dissolvable solids. You want your waters to be TDS-free or no higher than 50 TDSs per, per serving. Total dissolvable solids. That's everything in your water that isn't water. In many cases, we're talking about things like asbestos. In most cases, you are talking about things like minerals. A lot, of, a lot of the mineral-rich hard waters, like Fuji waters and stuff like that, have a great flavor, great taste. They're extremely high in total dissolvable solids. that are mineral-based. The next natural question is, what's wrong with minerals? I thought minerals are good for you. but well, they are. That's, that's unquestionably true. But minerals that are in water don't require digestion. Water doesn't require digestion. So any minerals that are in the water are going to accumulate. They're going to deposit. You don't want to deposit minerals. You want to use them. So minerals are healthy when they're being utilized, digested, implemented, absorbed, distributed, not when they're being Accumulated. Mineral buildups are dangerous. You think about plaques in the, in the body, many of them are mineral-based. Kidney stones, gallstones, a lot of that plaque activity is mineral-based. So it's really important to realize that minerals that are in water are going to tend to accumulate because <laughs> water doesn't require digestion. Minerals do... So, for minerals in food, like if you've got potassium in your fruit, magnesium in your your vegetables, you're going to be digesting them because they're food. The body knows to digest those foods. So, if it digests those foods, it's going to disperse those minerals and utilize them. It's going to more efficiently and effectively implement their absorption or distribution. So, we need minerals, of course. Not in a water base. They need to be digested and absorbed. That's important. The other thing is, one of the reasons that pH is pH is what it is. The importance of potential hydrogen and maintaining a healthy pH. It's all mineral based. So when your body's alkaline, it means you're storing potassium, magnesium, calcium, etc. Means you're abundant with minerals. The more abundant your mineral intake is, the more better absorbed, the more efficiently and effectively assimilated they are. the more more alkaline you are. So alkalinity is largely a matter of mineral efficiency. So if you're drinking waters that are extremely high in minerals, the the instinct would be, this is good for me because my minerals are building up my alkalinity, which is logical, but not true. If your minerals are in high concentrated forms of water, you're not going to get at them. So the intake is highly concentrated. Utilization is weak. That's very important to realize that. Of course, one of the things that makes vegetables and fruits so important is their mineral bases. (laughs) Just keep pointing out, though. The minerals that are in your foods require digestion. For that fact alone, they're going to be better assimilated. Getting your minerals in foods is key. Getting your minerals in produce is super key. So many people have meals. (laughs) They get home at the end of a hard work day. They want protein and starch. They want those foods to satisfy. Protein and starch. Satisfactory foods. Pleasure foods. Fun foods. Stick to your ribs foods, satisfying foods. But in many cases, highly acidic foods. So the more meats we eat, the more starch, the more doughy things, the more sugar based products, the more highly fermented, I'm sorry, I'm sorry the, more, the more highly processed our foods, the more acidic they are. The more acidic they are, the more our risk factors increase for cancer. So cancer loves it when we eat. Them consume a lot of acidic foods, a lot of fermented foods, a lot of COX-2 hormone foods. I'd like to talk about an interesting component of the uh, inflammatory picture because, again, I think this arguably the most important discovery in nutrition in the past 50 years is the connection that's been made in recent years between cancer and COX-2 hormones. I think that's a huge discovery because we've, we've known for a long time that sugar is a direct player when it comes to cancer. We've known for a long time that stress is a player. But we need to understand that one of the most important facets in this whole connection piece is that cancer and COX-2 hormones are directly correlated. Directly correlated, Your risk is direct in proportion to your, high, high, to your elevation of COX-2s. So, again, too many egg yolks, too much dairy, too much red meat, too much sugar, too much starch, too much fermented foods, vinegar, miso, tempeh, tamari soy sauce, teriyaki sauce, Chinese food, salad dressings, beer, wine, champagne, marinated foods, there's where the risks are. Those are highly fermented foods. And, again, people wonder about the positive news about fermentation. I keep hearing Mark that fermented foods are good for you. I'm confused. I've said this a thousand times. There's some food elements that are good for you, some that are bad for you, and some that are both, some that are potentially good and bad, depending on who's using them and how much they use, et cetera. If you're trying to fight cancer, you don't want to eat fermented foods. Dr. Otto Warburg, two-time Nobel Prize winner, as we talked about at the outset of the broadcast, his quote, the primary cause of cancer is fermentation of sugar. Fermentation produces acetic, peruvic, lactic, carbonic acid, and ammonia. All cancer precursors, all inflammatory precursors. So I said some foods are good and bad. Some foods are good, some foods are bad, some foods are both. Fermented foods are both. They have good properties, they have bad properties. (laughs) But again, if you're trying to kind of stretch this support issues so that you're well-armed, loaded for bear in the fight against cancer, you got to make darn sure that you're not taking a lot of fermented foods in. So, fermented foods may, may increase B5 assimilation, prote- proteolytic acids, increase floral bacteria, good probiotic bacteria, increase digestive support. Too, they, they do a lot of good things. And they do. But it's accompanying that is the problem we have with cancer. Again, fermented foods increase the risk for cancer, according to Dr. Otto Warburg. Now, I'm not going to argue with the two-time Nobel Prize winner on about two. That's an argument that can't be won. There's a man that knows what he speaks. Again, it's been very clear that the, the end products of fermented foods are potentially very problematic acetic, peruvic, lactic, carbonic acid, pneumonia. So there is not a closed and shut issue that fermented foods are just good for you or just bad for you. That's not how it works. If we're talking about cancer, if the conversation is about cancer prevention and treatment, naturally speaking, you cannot get over the fact that cancer is an obligate anaerobe, and fermented foods are problematic from the standpoint of acetic acid, and peruvic acid, and oxygenation. Also, I think it's really important to mention that we can find a myriad of different supplements. I mean, I've, I've been fighting these battles with people for 37 years, hundreds of people, thousands of people. I've had great success with so many of them. So many of them work so hard. Most of them work pretty hard. They're all deserving of a better fate. They're all deserving of a good fate. But the key here is got to make sure that you're following the rules of the road. Chemistry is chemistry. Chemistry is reality. It's physics. It's math. It's extremely important to keep those inflammatory foods to a dull roar. And as I pointed out, there's natural medicines that can help us to do that very thing as well. Some great natural medicines. Wonderful medicines. Dr. Gerald McLaughlin from Purdue University. One of the truly... Great scientists in the world, one of the truly respected, lauded scientists, incredible man, Dr. Gerald McLaughlin. He's noted for so many different research papers, grants, remarkable studies, remarkable research. But there's a nerve called Paw Paw, P A W P A W, Paw Paw. It's called an acetogen. An ananaceous acetogen the herbs that are most, the most powerful herbs in the fight against cancer by far and away. There's many different things. There's, you know, MK7s, there's all kinds of different things that have been found to be helpful. Many different things that have been studied. Vitamin A has been studied. Selenium has been studied. Zinc has been studied. So many different antioxidant supports. So many different natural medicines that are making differences and that are coming up strong in research studies. But there's nothing, nothing on the planet more effective, more powerful, more efficient at fighting cancer naturally than Paw Paw. P A W P A W. It's an ananaceous acetogen. There's a number of different herbs that are called ananaceous acetogens. They are the premier cancer fighters. There's nothing more powerful than the ananaceous acetogens. They're absolutely they're superstars. They're difference makers. I see it every day. They are truly difference makers. Dr. McLaughlin did 33 years of research on the anonaceous acetogen called pawpaw. There's a kissing cousin to it as well. There's a plant called graviola, G-R-A-V-I-O-L-A, graviola. Graviola is almost as good as pawpaw, not quite. Graviola is a fine aninaceous acetogen as well fighting cancer. Don't eat them both. One or the other. And I think pawpaw is my choice. The company that makes the pawpaw capsules, 17.5 milligrams. Nature's Sunshine Herbs. If anybody has any trouble finding these, because I know in recent weeks there's been a lot of trouble trying to locate the uh, pawpaw. I've had a lot of patients that struggle with it. It's irreplaceable, it's such an important herb to have on hand if you're fighting cancer. So many people are struggling to get a hold of it. Call our offices during the week, and we'll hook you up with some people that will get you that plant. That capsule, I should say. 781-817-3444. 781-817-3444. We'll get you hooked up with some people who are distributing that. Hard to get all of them. Extremely effective. 17.5 milligrams. Take three to four days and fight against cancer. You can't do better than that. If you... Already using the and graviola. graviola is perfectly fine to use. G-r-a-v-i-o-l. and graviol. That's a, believe that's 100 milligrams. The most available brand is N.O.W. Now brand makes 100 milligram capsules. But I tell you, I tell you I take four a day. that. So that's either four the the three or four of the paw pot 17.5 milligrams, or four of the graviola at 100 milligrams. Um, there's other there's other natural supplements that are really important as well. There's been some remarkable research on things like Logic acid, ELLAGIC, ELLAGIC, logic acid. And those little annoying seeds that get caught in your, your teeth when you eat strawberries and blackberries and raspberries, those are referred to as the logic acid seeds. A logic acid is the most remarkable anti cancer agent. It's been studied extensively at, at um University of South Carolina Medical School at the Holland Cancer Research Institute. Collins, H O L I N G S, Collins Cancer Institute, University of South Carolina at Charleston. Dr. Daniel Nixon did all that research. It's amazing research. Truly amazing. It's incredible. Animal studies. They're giving the equivalent of about a quarter cup of black raspberry animals that were in, implanted with human cancer cells. So, advanced, highly advanced. They're shrinking tumors in 76% of the cases, 76% tumor shrinkage. The power of a logic acid. Common to berries. Eat those berries, those wild, organic raspberries, strawberries, blackberries. In fact, to kind of parallel that, the USDA did a bunch of studies in 2005 called ORAC studies, O-R-A-C, Oxygen Radical Absorbance Capacity. Oxygen Radical Absorbance Capacity Studies. That's when the government actually did studies trying to identify the most antioxidant-rich foods in the world for the citizens of the United States of America so they can actually report back to us the most powerful anti-cancer and anti-heart disease foods. Food, not pills, foods, not medicines, foods. Actually, actually created a point system. Fifteen thousand points for the highest antioxidant foods. Fifteen thousand points. So a quarter—I'm sorry, three quarters of a cup of berries, beans, et cetera, et cetera, had the highest rating. Eight of the top ten antioxidant-rich foods. Eight of the top ten were beans and berries. Number one was actually red kidney beans. And number two is wild blueberries. So eight of the top ten antioxidant-rich foods, the anti-cancer, anti-heart disease foods. Eight of the top ten. Beans and berries. You can't miss. These are medicines. These aren't just food. And they, they made a clear distinction in the study, too. They made sure that they, they did organic versus, you know, wild organic versus non organic. There's a huge difference. It's like 3,000, 4,000 point difference from food to food. So wild organic mixed berries. Extremely vital. And I'd wager that the reason why those. Our x were so high. It was because of the elogic acid, the seeds and the berries. It's all about the seeds and the berries. So important. So there's a company called Ecological Formulas. Many of you know about that company. It's a wonderful company, highly advanced, great researchers. They're on the cutting edge. They do a fabulous job with their product line, absolutely fabulous. Ecological Formulas, one of the best. They put a product out called Elogic Acid, 500 milligrams. Again, the studies were done, the University of South Carolina Medical School at the Hollings Cancer Research Institute, and by Deb, Dr. Gary Stoner from Ohio State University. I spoke with both of those gentlemen a number of years ago. Truly amazing scientist, great research, helpful, super helpful for the rest of the world. He provided a great service for all of us. Identifying with the anti-cancer properties of a logic acid and the little seeds that are in all your berries. And again, Dr. Nixon, Tom, in a very short window of time, they're able to reduce cancer site, tumor sites, 76% So the tumor site to remiss and reverse, 76% in a very short window, like five months. So don't think for one minute that It's all a matter of food is only food. Don't be be tricked into thinking that food is just food. Food is medicine, folks. And, again, it's disturbing to me when I hear of so many of my patients who are working with oncologists who are told to gain weight by having milkshakes. And you got a Nobel Prize when you're telling the primary cause of cancer is fermentation of sugar. That doesn't add up for me. I'm sorry. Don't get it. It's convenient ignorance, and it's got a political edge to it. But the people who miss out of it, people who deserve a better fate, food matters. Food is a difference maker. Don't you think for one minute that's not? You can purchase the logic acid capsules that I pointed out a little while ago. The ecological formula is 500 milligrams. If you're battling cancer, I say four a day, 2,000 milligrams total. This is Dr. Hwaita Arafat, H W Y D A. Hwaita Arafat, back in February 2011 at the Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Did extensive research, published a research black cumin seed oil. Black cumin seed oil. Which has something highly concentrated called thymoquinones. Thimoquinones are cancer killers. And again, Dr. Arafat did some amazing research at Jefferson Medical in 2011. Amazing research. Making it crystal clear that the thymoquinone. And black human seed oil is a very powerful cancer fighter. Very powerful cancer fighter. So, there's a number of different companies that are producing black human seed oil capsules. They're typically the small capsules, what I call the pearls, the small pearl caps. 500 milligrams per cap. I say take six a day. Now keep something in mind. Black cumin, which is a remarkably powerful spice. Black cumin seed oil, which is a remarkably pungent oil. Part of its strength is its pungency. It's like garlic. People always think about garlic as a medicinal. It is a medicinal, but it's also got a lot of sulfur, a lot of of pungency. It can be rough on a weak stomach. If you've got reflux or GERD, indigestion, stomach aches, sensitivity to your digestive process. You want to take only three black humans a day after the heaviest meal. After your heavy meal. Take one after your meal. Let the food buffer your, your, your spice. Because it could cause a little tummy ache. If you don't have any problems with such things, then you just take double, double dose, two of each meal, six a day. So paw, paw 17.5 milligrams Again, the company is called Nature Sunshine Herbs. They refer to the product as CELREG, Cell Reg, C E L L, Cell Reg, R E G, and it stands for cell regenerator. That's pop-pop. Also, we talked about elogic acid by ecological formulas, 500 milligrams. for a day, black human seed oil. There's a company called Black Seed, they make a fine product. 500-milligram caps. Depending on your stomach, you can take three to six a day. And something we talked about earlier, important to make sure you got your pH balanced. So how do you balance your pH? Go get the strips. the The little nitrazine strips that you pee on first thing in the morning. The range goes from 5.0 to 8.0. Your goal is to be 6.4 to 6.8. If you're under 6.4, you're too acidic. If you're too acidic, cancer loves you. If you don't want to be loved by cancer, get your pH up. You then to get your pH up, you take chlorophyll and baking soda. One to two tablespoons of liquid chlorophyll three times a day. Quarter to a half a teaspoon of baking soda and pour ounces of the water before bed at night. And if anybody has any trouble keeping up with these notes, the show will be repeated. You'll be able to hear the program again tomorrow my website, markmincola.com, or my Facebook page, Mark Mincola. So you can always catch up on the notes if you didn't keep up tonight. So correct your pH. Get your pawpaw. Your logic acid. Your black... Cumin, seed oil caps. Remember what we said about diet. Touch your fermented food and your sugars. Give rid of your COX-2 hormone foods. I'll repeat that again, too, in case people need to catch up on that. Lean protein. Good quality, organic, free-range, wild fish. Lean protein. Low-starch vegetables. Green vegetables. Spinach, zucchini, asparagus, broccoli. Um, summer squash green beans etc etc salad the proteins of those green vegetables keep your starches down keep starch if you look up the word starch in the dictionary it's going to say sugar and starch and sugar are one and the same so if you're eating too much rice too much oatmeal if you're eating too much bread if you're eating too much potatoes sweet potatoes that's all starch I'm not saying they're bad foods. I'm saying that if you want to fight the fight against cancer in the best style, you've got to keep your sugars and starches from a because cancer feeds off them. Cancer feeds off any form of sugar it can get. And trust me, if you can't get a Snickers bar, it'll feed off a potato. It's highly adaptable. And if not stupid. Cancer is a mutation. It's, it's Quite a powerful mutation that has the ability to strategically strengthen its position and has some remarkable strategies. Cancer has the ability to surround itself in a, in, a, in a bubble of citric acid, not the same kind of citric acid as in orange juice either. So you could actually buffer your body alkaline, that take your chlorophyll, take your baking soda. The cancer has a strategic approaches to adapt whereby I can actually produce an acidic bubble to survive. But I got news for you. If you buffer yourself and really stabilize your pH, you've got cancer on the defensive to the extent that it has to shield itself in a bubble of acidity. You're winning the war, folks. Trust me, you're winning the battle. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. The thing you want to avoid is being user-friendly for cancer. Saturating your body in acidic food, fermented food, and producing a lot of acidosis. That's something you want to veer away from. No question about that. Last but not least, I was going to talk tonight about stress. It's been estimated that about eighty five to ninety percent of the American population goes to the two Billion, that's what it would be, two billion doctor's visits to go through. I mean, two billion office visits for, the, for your family doctor, two billion a year. It's estimated that 85 to 90% of those visits are either directly or indirectly causally rooted to stress. We're completely out of control of stress, completely. And we can be talked to about it until we're blue in the face. We can produce the numbers, the statistics, the data. We can be influential. It's all get out on paper and in terms of logic. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's how do you wake up in the morning? Where, where's your head at? Where's your head at when you go to bed at night? Where's your emotional self? Where's your mental self? Are your thoughts and your worries, hopes, and dreams? So, so defensive, and so challenging, and so overwhelming that you're producing fight-or-flight chemistry? If so, once again, you're clinging to the hands of cancer. For starters, stress is acid-bearing. Cancer loves acidity. Therefore, cancer loves stress. You can't separate the two. Acidosis and stress are one and the same. If you want to stay cancer-free, you want to fight fight against cancer in, in natural form, you got to keep a look at your pH that you got to correlate your potential hydrogen with your stress level. If you're stressed out, you're just going to continue to drop those pH levels over and over and over and over. And over. You have to sustain forever and always. That's not easy work. Meditation, prayer, contemplation, transformation, spirituality, changing your mind, changing your mind. That's the key. There's so many different ways to change your mind. I'm writing a book right now, my seventh book. The book. I'm going 120 pages into it super superconscious healing, superconscious healing. So it's a matter of elevating your awareness at the deepest of levels so that you can actually engage and change that that life-supporting, life-generating, life-giving. So can your changes actually make a difference in your day-to-day life? Can your changes actually make a difference in your health? Can your changes actually transform your chemistry through your thoughts? If you can change in a way it benefits yourself, you know your change is working beautiful. It's about negotiating the mind-body bridge. There's a bridge between the mind and the body. If you find a way to effectively cross that bridge between your positive thinking
1: and your stronger
0: healthy fitness and wellness, you're making progress. That's what it comes down to. So what does it take? Does it take a spiritual shift in your life? Maybe. Does it take more work at your meditation, prayer, yoga, tai chi, etc.? Maybe. But it takes thoughtfulness. It takes commitment. It takes implementation. It takes action. It takes intention. You can't do nothing about it because it will catch up with you trust me. I sit in this office every day of my life for 37 years and watch the faces of stress and change come into my office and sit before me. Some of them are not here anymore because they couldn't make the change. So when I talk about stress, I'm talking very seriously about the importance of changing your mind for the benefit of your health. Changing your thoughts for the benefit of yourself. Doing whatever it takes to, to get the message. As as when you wake up in the morning and the, and the starting bell goes off, you're not thinking logical. You're not thinking about anything. You're just thinking about getting done what you have to get done. You can only do that so many mornings so your body says, we're done. I've seen that look in my in my patient's face many times. As I said, many of them aren't here anymore. I know most of them would love to get a second chance at it. You can be their second chance. You can make a difference. I urge you to make a difference in your life when it comes to your stress. By the way, drinking alcohol is not a way to handle, handle your stress. And sometimes, neither is working out. So many people think working out is, is the way to do that. For some people, it does it does cut. It does work. But if working out to you is part of the obsessive compulsion and perfectionism the rest of your life is. Forget about it. It's not cutting it. You may not want to hear it, but that's the way it is. It's about exercising to attain balance, not exercising to attain performance. In fact, the one word that best summarizes this entire show is the word balance. Balancing your pH, balancing your diet, balancing your chemistry, balancing your mind, balancing your spirit. Extremely important to find your balance. It's a matter of life and death. I'm gonna conclude with an interesting thought. As far back as 1967, I'm sorry, 1976. 1976, (coughs) excuse me. There's a Senate subcommittee called the McGovern Committee. Here testimony from 1,100 scientists from 14 different countries about the possibility of saving life was so food. They claim that we could say in that study back in 1976, that Senate Subcommittee report claimed we could save 30% of our cancer deaths every year from diet alone. 30%. Think about that. 30% of the people that die from cancer. That's like 200,000 people a year. That's a quarter of a million people a year. Lives that are being wasted. The Senate Subcommittee report in 1976, the McGovern Committee, made it crystal clear. We could save 200,000 people a year dying from cancer with food alone, diet alone, diet, not medication, not chemo, not radiation. By the same token, the Journal of Clinical Oncology, February, December, I'm sorry, December 2012, Journal of Clinical Oncology stated that the five-year survival rate of chemotherapy, the five-year survival rate, the effectiveness of chemotherapy. Total chemotherapy, 2.1%. 2.1%. Well, at the same time, we got a government, and the government committee report told us we could say 30% of the cancer victims out there would die alone. you got to grasp what we're saying right here. You're not being told that food is what food really is. You're being given a very different impression of what food is. Make no mistake about it. If you implement it properly, if you do your work, do your homework, care about what you're doing, give some strong intention, some strong wisdom to your own life. Who's going to save your life. Food to prevent cancer, no question about it. In many cases, help you you beat it. You can't just wait, hoping it doesn't happen, not working hard to prevent, not living in a healthy, vibrant way, living in stress, poor diet. You can't do that. It's going to catch up with you. If it does, you can't just say it's all about chemotherapy and radiation. Again, they published their own report, Journal of Clinical Oncology, 2.1%, five-year survival rate of chemotherapy, 2.1%. So I urge everybody in the listening audience out there to tune into the fact the two can make a difference. You have the power to make nutrition work to your advantage when it comes to cancer and many, so many other conditions as well. So many of these conditions, that I said repeatedly tonight, are inflammatory. So we are talking about cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Food can make a difference. Food can shut off the inflammatory cytokines. You can turn on the good cytokines. You can make a difference. Food is medicine. No question about it. right about that time. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, we're on every Sunday night at 8 o'clock here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Mark Mincola. You're listening to the One and Only Natural Health Show. And um, we've been on for 17 years, different mediums. So we welcome you to join us each and every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. We're discussing holistic issues just like we did tonight, natural medicine, nutrition, etc. So join us next Sunday at 8 o'clock. You know, we're having technical problems with our commercials tonight, with our theme songs, etc so we're going to go out dry tonight. You're not going to hear any music as we go out. I thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next Sunday night at eight o'clock. Be wise, be aware be well make it a healthy week good night. She <laughs> no. a, a great job. It's a bit, of a bit of a about cancer. She and the rest of the She said. Oh. Um, did I said, Oh, you're paying attention, Good job. I'm very proud of myself. I am very proud of yourself. That was awesome. You know, when I went to the men's room, I just kinda of gathered myself and I said this is an opportunity to make a bad day, a great day. Yes, you always do. You always do. You're the master.